She was this gun-toting, whiskey-drinking broad. The super epic fucking broad. She was a pioneer in the industry. She's also so famous and so controversial. So controversial. So she's kind of a big fucking deal. Her story is so incredible. She belongs on this podcast because she's a broad you should know. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I'm Sarah Gorski, and once more, I am the luckiest girl in the world because I am here with Earl T. Kim once again. Oh, hello, 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 hello. Earl is one of my best friends in the world, a friend from college. He is a super rad actor, voiceover. He does everything, basically. He is incredible. <laughs> and he was just in the game... Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. Which is a PlayStation game that many people play. It's true. Well, Earl, for people who don't know you, I want to ask you um, a question so people can get like a little flavor of you. So if I had to make you choose right now, who would you say is your favorite broad? Oh, my f- my favorite broad. You could do top three if if you're having trouble. Right now, I've really, really, really been enjoying going back and and looking through the spicy tweets and social media presence of uh, a one uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yes! Um, She's such a great... I feel like... I also feel like kind of like, I don't know, this weird like millennial allegiance. (laughs) She's the fucking best. Honestly, I'm going to do an episode on her one of these days. Actually, we had a listener dial in uh, dial oh, yeah? in and email us and request an episode on AOC. So we've got to make it happen soon. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, she's a great choice. So she's a great friend. Well, Earl, the reason I brought up your video game presence is because I believe in that game. You're fighting the, the Mongolians, right? We are. Well, I have brought you today... A Mongolian broad that I am so excited. Have you heard of Kutulun Khan? I have. You have heard of her? What have have you heard heard of her? her. I know that she is, I know that she is related to the great Genghis Khan, who everyone knows is Genghis Khan. Yeah, I'm going to say it is Genghis because that's how I know it, even though I know it's wrong. (laughs) And I know that she was a cartoon. What does that mean? A cartoon is a is essentially uh, the because Khan is both a name and a title. Yes. But when it is a title and it is attributed to a, a female, then it is the, their title is cartoon as opposed to Khan. So, That's really interesting. But it's not all that you need to know about this broad. So I'm excited to tell you her whole story. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, this is this is very much like I know this person. I know this person existed. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, I'm going to dive right in. Okay, so Kutulun, uh, her name translates to Shining Moon, which I love. I think that's actually lovely. She was born around 1260. Other names, she has a bunch of names, I think, in the history books. Her other names include Aijiarne, Ayurug, Kotol, Sagan, probably said all of those wrong because I think those all probably have different language origins. But the point is she was a princess. Mm-hmm. Her, her daddy was Kaidu, who was a grandson of Ogadai Khan and a cousin of Kubla Khan. And oh. the great, great granddaughter of Genghis Khan. 
or oh. you said it different, Genghis Khan? Genghis, yeah. Genghis. I say Genghis. God, I'm so white and American. <laughs> Genghis. Is, I mean, Genghis is the way that it's that it's pronounced, like that it's it's pronounced in English when it gets Romanized into English. Like it's you're fine. You're fine. It's, it's how it's how it it was taught to you. That's how you learned it. Well, that's I I can't I can't relearn it that quickly. I guess I I'll I'll keep working on it. It's uh, something to strive for. So anyway, so I, listeners, those names are probably slightly familiar. So Kublai Khan and, and Genghis Khan are like all through the history books through like when you read like Marco Polo's writings. Oh, I just remembered. I just remembered how I know Kutulun. Oh, just, how do you? She's in Marco Polo, the show. She is, because Marco Polo n- knew her and wrote about her. Yes, yeah. yes. Also, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> also, this is going to blow your all's minds. Claudia Kim. Oh, yeah. Claudia Kim is the actress who played Kutlun. And Claudia Kim is the actress who I was in Avengers Age of Ultron with. You were. You had a great scene in there. But I. But you don't see it, and it's gone. You get to see me shake my head in a train for a second, for like a tiny split second, and then and then it, it disappeared. I was cheering my face off. It was like the best second of my life, Earl. For that tiny moment. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, you're correct. Claudia Kim plays her in the the Netflix show that came out a couple years ago. So uh, Mongolian history listeners is deep and wide so i'll i'll try to give like the briefest and hopefully correct overview of like sort of mongolia politically right now at this time period of kutulun so at this time in mongolian history the empire had been more or less united under genghis khan but at this point it has kind of splintered into civil war and so there's a huge civil war primarily being fought between Kublai Khan and Kaidu, Kutulun's dad. And each of them wants to control the whole empire like their great-grandpa did. But both of them just have a piece of it. Um, and Kaidu, now, even though he just had a piece of it, her dad, Kaidu, is one of the most powerful rulers in the empire. And he controls the Shagatai Kanate which covers most of today's Central Asia and big chunks of India and the Middle East. Of course, he vehemently opposed the rule of Kublai Khan and his allies, uh, and he refused to swear allegiance to him as the Great Khan. So Kublai Khan's like, I'm the Great Khan. And Kaidu's like, no, I I don't call you that. (laughs) I don't recognize you. Now, Kutulun was one of 15 kids. And the only girl, she had 14 brothers, and she is the only chick, at least recorded in history. Um, They were all raised in the traditional Mongolian nomadic way of life. And that way of life specifically included learning all kinds of battle skills from a very young age. Even when she was just like a little tot, she is learning wrestling and horseback riding and archery. And she was better than all all of her brothers at all of those things. She was so good at everything. And her dad starts to notice these skills and is like, okay. Sweet. And she definitely became his favorite child. I have a gifted little ninja daughter. (laughs) A gifted daughter. And so uh, he would started to bring her in. Like as she got older and older, he would bring her in to consult on military matters and he would bring her to the battlefield and, you know, they talk through the war stuff together. And by the time she was a teenager, her dad's like bringing her to small battles and the fights were going so well for them 
that her presence <laughs> at the battlefield became like kind of a good omen to the soldiers. Oh. Um, not that she's just not to say though that she was like sitting in back. She's fighting with them. She's like on the battlefield with them. And Marco Polo, who, like I said, is kind of one of the primary sources of information on her in general, mm-hmm. he said of her, quote, she was a brave fighter who could snatch a captive from the battleground as fast as a hawk snatches its prey off the ground. So she was a bad ass warrior. Nice. Interestingly, well, interesting to me because I didn't know it. Maybe other people know this. Um, but wrestling is one of the top Mongolian sports at the time period. So she yeah. also trained at that. And she was also really good at wrestling. And it was said that even before Kutulun was even a teenager, she was able to beat all the dudes. And she only kept getting better as she got older. And um, she she beat a couple like really powerful, like famously good wrestling wrestling oh, dudes. Dang. And then once she even took on two men at once and won. Yes. All right. She's so good. She also apparently was so beautiful. I left that part out. But she also was known, renowned to be a, quite the beauty as well. So when she comes of age, her daddy's like, we should marry you off. Because she's literally the most desirable woman in the entire kingdom, both because her dad is kind of their con and mm-hmm. her own badass reputation really preceded her at this point, right? Yeah. And her beauty. I'm sure her beauty too. Since she was daddy's favorite girl, she's able to pull a little bit of sway here. And she's like, okay, dad. I'll marry whoever you want as long as he can beat me in a wrestling match. But if a man challenges me to a match and if he loses, he's got to give me a hundred horses. All right. And her dad's like, okay, let's, this is great news. You're going to get married. This is great news. And he sets out, sends out all these invitations to potentially great suitors in the land, inviting them all to come and challenge her. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Well, Suffice it to say, she was so good at wrestling that in the end, she had 10,000 horses and remained unmarried. (laughs) (laughs) That is a hundred matches. Yes, bitch. Unreal. I love it. And even like, like for like a little today perspective, I did some like Googling around and in WWE history, only 10 people have ever won over 100 matches. That's fake wrestling. (laughs) And and that's fake wrestling. And in the NCAA, the college league, only one guy has ever won over 100 matches. Over 100? Oh, damn. In in his entire career, right? Holy shit. So, uh, she's over 100. And and she's got 10,000 horses, which is a fucking army, by the way. That's an army. Yeah. Like, in the the Mongol, like, in Mongol. She's just the richest Mongolian horse lady by herself. She's like, I got all these horses. You want horses? So these like 100 plus victories made her like a pretty scary opponent in the battlefield at this point. So she's leading her dad's army to victory after victory against Kublai Khan. Thanks to her, basically her dad's able to keep his throne uh, until his death. He never loses his throne. There's another great quote from Marco Polo about her saying, quote, Cthulhu was so well made in all her limbs and so tall and strongly built that she might almost be taken for a giantess and that she was so strong that there were no men in the whole kingdom who could overcome her, but she vanquished them all. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking into it. So she already was her dad's number one, but she starts to like actually become his number one in the sense of 
rulership of the kingdom. And he starts to rely on her more and more for advice and support in the political stuff. And she's really good at that too. And she's so good at it that like, as she gets older and as her dad's getting older and knows like, you know, that death is imminent, he tries to name her the next Khan. Oh. But her brothers and the rest of the family were really opposed to that. And basically like shut it down basically just kind of didn't let that happen and eventually her dad kind of like gives up the fight for it and so in so in my research earl she never does become Khan. oh uh it's just jumping a little bit ahead because her dad's not dead quite yet but you can't be so awesome and not accrue a bunch of haters apparently because yeah between her being not married and her being on the battlefield and hanging out with her dad so much people started to spread Horrific rumors, of course, of incest, amongst other things. So gross. Uh, And from what the research I found did not seem like any of that was substantiated. It was like haters hating. That's like a hundred hundred dudes who lost a hundred horses really jealous and mad that the, the the dad and the daughter duped them. (laughs) Duped them out of a hundred horses. Like it has to be that. But also, like, probably her brothers being like, I don't want her to be con. This is weird yeah. shit. What can we do to kind of destabilize what oh, seems I'm like sure. this inevitable oh, inheritance, sure. right? I'm sure. But haters be haters and rumors be rumors. And so her dad starts to get, like, a little bit worried because after, like, 10 years of marriage wrestling matches, no marriage, and and that there start to be like there starts to be kind of like a destabilization in terms of the people's confidence in the leadership because the rumors just start to sink sink yeah. in and people just like start to believe shit or whatever. At some point, he's like, okay, none of these matches are working, and he met this dude, and he's like, oh man, this dude, this dude is a good match for her, and I think he could beat her in the wrestling. So. He's like, I'm going to bet a thousand of my own horses and see if if uh, he can beat Kutulun. But to his his disappointment, <laughs> Kutulun leaves the match with a thousand more horses. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so Kutulun is like horse girl prime. Horse she girl is prime. the ultimate horse girl. Yeah. I mean... To be successful in battle, like people on horses do so much better in battle than people it's on true, It's true, it's so, true. The haters keep getting louder though. Confidence in the royalty in general is, is starting to go downhill. Mm. And Cthulhuun is not an idiot and she knows that that's happening. And she's like, fuck, all right, you know what? Fuck it, fuck. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get married and I won't make him fight. I'm just going to do it. We need to like oh. solidify. We need to, to get these rumors shut down. We need to get everything kind of reunified here. So here's where like the history books start to kind of just like drop off the story. It's kind of hazy on the whole marriage agreement. One source says that she chooses this dude who really backed her dad's military efforts. Another source said that she marries twice and that one of her grooms was a war prisoner who she thought was really hot. And the other guy <laughs> was just a soldier in her father's army. One for banging, one for political reasons. <laughs> yeah. But all of the sources at least are unified in the fact that she got to choose the groom herself. There was no arranged marriage. She was doing the arranging. <laughs> I want that one. Um, and pretty soon after she marries, her dad does die. The next mention of her in the history books is her own death at the age of 46 by unknown circumstances. What? That's sus. I just feel like 
and then she died at age 46 of mysterious causes. Except that she's like a warrior, except that she probably is still fighting. And I mean, if you look up all these articles, I was like fighting for my research. It's like, that's what happened. It's like, she beats all these men and then she decides to get married finally. And then she dies at 46. That just, that's so bizarre. Like, that's such a weird end. We also don't have a lot of dates in this in the whole story in general. So I don't even know how old she was when she decided to marry. You know, it might of have course. been a short okay, period okay. of time. But basically, it's like, still. she's... There was a previous history of a lot of awesome Mongolian queens, even before this fact. But this kind of marks a shift in the Mongolian leadership, where now they really don't want women leading. And so she's mm. kind of like this last great Mongol queen in a way. Princess. Princess. I call her a queen. She's a queen in my heart. I mean, she certainly wasn't kind of an acting con with her dad. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then it doesn't seem like she disappeared off the face of the earth. Like she still was part of the family and I'm sure was involved in some things, but she was not technically the leader. Yeah, she wasn't a part of the, yeah. the limelight. All the all the 14 brothers were finally like, oh, dad's dead. Now it's our turn for the spotlight. But the good news for her is that um, in 1710, this Frenchman is researching Genghis Khan and he like rediscovers her. At this point, she'd been kind of forgotten. And he's like, oh, Kutulun. And he starts to, he like digs up Marco Polo's writings and he digs up all the stuff in his research about mm-hmm. Genghis. And he ends up including her in his book about Genghis. And in his book, he calls her Turnadot, which means Turkish daughter. Turundot? Turundot? I probably said it wrong. Yeah, Turundot. So that is a famous figure in history. He, uh, there's a Puccini opera written about her. At this time period, when she's rediscovered, there's this kind of renaissance of her name and her story. And so there's a whole bunch of like, public art in existence about her but that particular title so Turnadot, that that is how she was kind of known in this kind of renaissance of her in the 1700s turundo is kutulun yeah and kutulun is turundo yeah that's what this oh. like french guy that's how he translated it in in his his research and his findings and how he presented it in that genghis khan book she's so she's got a totally you can totally look up but what you'll find is all these works of art about her that are like loosely based on mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of this this bit of information from Marco Polo and like one other historian of that time period. But isn't she great? Uh, yeah, she's a badass. Over a hundred wrestling. Matches. I mean, that's a lot of. She's again like ultimate horse, ultimate horse lore. Like she is the horse broad. The horse broad. Like dang. Well, she was the baddest bitch of them all. And she was better than all her brothers. And they all hated her for it, I yeah, guess. Because they're, yeah, 14 jealous little bitches. I can, like, picture them all. I can, like, picture them all, like, in their bedrooms being like, I hate my sister. Oh, she's such a bitch. Oh, why is she so much better <laughs> than us at everything? And why does dad recognize her for it? And why doesn't he recognize us for being inferior? Oh, she's, <laughs> she has it so easy. Oh, we're here working so hard. Oh. Is that is that what you were imagining? It is what I was imagining. <laughs> I had none of my research said any of that, but it was definitely my assumption that that, especially with how things play out, with how they like prevent her from being con, and even though that there had been female cons before that in history, losers, losers. Anyway, that's her. That's Kutulun Khan. Thank you, Earl, for joining me for this wild ride of the the Horse Queen of Mongolia. (laughs) The Horse Queen of Mongolia. It's been so great having you here. Well, thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Oh, my gosh. You are 
the best. I just love you. I'm I so grateful you that you gave me this time and that you've been joining me for these last three episodes. It's been such a gift. To learn more about Cthulhuan Con, you should visit our website, broadsyoushouldknow.com. We've got some fun things we found online about her and artist renderings, that kind of thing. While you're on the website, you should click over to the About page and learn more about Earl, all his info and links to his work and his social media accounts. Speaking of social media, have you followed Broads You Should Know yet? We're on Instagram and Facebook at Broads You Should Know and Twitter at BYSK Podcast. To suggest a broad, fill out the form on our website or you can email us at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. Do you like us and do you want to help us? Then you should share us. And better yet, you should leave us a review on your podcasting platforms. That really helps other people who want to hear about awesome broads to find us. Broads You Should Know is hosted by me, Sarah Gorski. It is edited by Chloe Skye with music by Darren Callahan. Oh yeah, and if you really like this episode about Cthulhu Khan, then you are going to love a couple of our other broads that we've covered. You should listen to Grace O'Malley, Nakano Takeko, Olga of Kiev, and Ching Shi. Okay, see you next Wednesday. <laughs>